So it's the third day after election day, and while it might have seemed impossible that we'd reached the end of the week, uh, amazingly, here we are. And I think over the next few weeks, things will probably get a little bit worse before they get better, as everyone, myself included, start to come to terms with what the election outcome will mean in our day-to-day lives. But as many much wiser people have said, life goes on. And I'm hopeful that the most unexpected people will come out and find ways to spread good in the world and make the best of the next four years. In this next episode, I invited Margarita Alcantara to speak about her work as an acupuncturist and Reiki healer. These are two forms of healthcare that fall under Eastern medicine. I met Margarita last year when my good friend Pavla recommended her when I had this unexplained knee swelling that my regular Western doctors could not figure out. But after my visits to Margarita, the swelling did go down. And because this is bad Asian, I of course talked to Margarita about her experience growing up mixed race, she's part Asian, in a mostly white suburb outside of Pittsburgh. I hope you enjoy this conversation with Margarita and consider her approach to mental and physical wellness, especially during this trying time. Filipino, Spanish, Irish, and Chinese. Oh, that's right. Yeah. So you are Chinese and Filipino, so two parts Asian. <laughs> so two, half Asian, and then half, is it Latina? Yeah, I guess, I guess so. Yeah, like, and I, I don't know about, like, half, but, like, I mean, it's just a big mezcla of stuff, so. Well, growing up, I was in the suburbs of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, yeah. and um, I was not always really aware of who I was, and it took me a long time to get to this place, but um, part of me understanding what that was was growing up, you know, in, in a suburb that was predominantly white, and so um, I learned a lot about racism, and um, so, yeah, so, you know, and then so so people would like crack these jokes like, oh, so you eat dog and stuff like that. I almost forgot about that. This podcast has brought back bad memories. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, it's all healing. Yeah. It's all about the healing, honey. I, yeah, I hope so. <laughs> oh, totally it is. And, you know, I, I totally believe that like everything we experience, um, we are able to heal from. And it's also part of our healing journey. And I think that even though that was really uncomfortable and a very challenging time for me, it really helped me rise up as a result. And, um, you know, because, I mean, I came home crying often. And um, so my mom and my dad were both there to be like, no, you don't eat dog, but, you know, this is what your ancestry is like. And so they really started to instill, you do have something to be proud of. It's not just you being this small-minded person, you know. I mean, I think having an understanding of where my ancestry came from was ultimately pretty empowering for me. I started Bamboo Girl Zine. Uh, Zine is pretty much an independently published magazine. Mm -hmm. Um, And back in the day, it was all print, you know, because the internet wasn't really out yet. And it was mainly because I was a very good Asian, actually, back in the day. You know, I didn't speak up against anything or anyone. I was quiet, did what I was supposed to do. After college, I was just like so done. I was so done with all that. And I was like, you know what? I am sick of this. I'm going to blow up. Like, what did you think was good that you kept doing that made you angry at the end? I think it was just because I felt kind of repressed. I couldn't speak up. I wasn't able to emote. I wasn't able to be angry. It was that conditioning of just be pleasant, 
always smile. In the Filipino culture, they like to preen you for beauty pageants and things. And I so, didn't know that. Yeah, so my mom like was kind of hoping I'd go there, but then like when I started showing up to rehearsals with like steel-toed boots, like she was like, okay, that's not happening. But I think it was just really, um, I did get a little resentful of having to be pushed down uh, for so long. And then so when it finally blew up, I was in my 20s and I started writing things that I felt, you know, so I mean, of course, some of them were not very PC or um, quiet. I guess it's like, yeah, because it ran from 95 to, so it would be 2005. Yeah, I totally, I think I was just reacting to everything. And um, so I got it all pretty much out on paper. And I used to joke back in the bit in the day that um, my zine kept me out of jail because by that time that I had finally allowed myself to feel my emotions and and be who I really am, like I was really so angry. And um, so that was happening on the streets. I was getting into fights. You know, I mean, it was like, I was, I was like fire. What did it talk about? What did your zine talk about? Uh, My zine was uh, all about confronting and challenging racism, sexism, and homophobia because so many aspects of myself were like starting to form and come forth. And so I was honoring all that, but I was also really addressing the injustice of a lot of things that I noticed. And also just like, you know, becoming who I am and, and, um, and allowing myself to speak for the first time, I think. And so it really became a vehicle for my throat chakra to open. What's a topic that especially resonated with you? Mm. One thing I remember was, you know, I would get a lot of email in in my P.O. box, you know, from folks who were like, oh, I loved your zine or I hate your zine. It sucks. Or, you know, whatever. People were talking about it, at least. And um, this one uh, girl who wrote me, she was like, your zine helped me get out of an abusive relationship. And I was like, how did that even happen? And so she kind of continued with, like, I was in an abusive relationship, but your zine helped me understand that I don't need to stay in something that makes me feel bad. And so that was kind of one of the first moments that I realized, okay, this is not just about me ranting and raving anymore. This is about me connecting with people. actually a radiologist now retired and so um, I was like you know what I grew up reading his textbooks you know see those pictures of like diseases and things like that I'm like oh my god this is so cool and I'm like but I don't think I want to do it the same way he's doing it I just kind of got attracted to acupuncture and I just believed in it even if I never experienced a session and I just enrolled myself immediately so you never even had a session before Mm-mm. you were just I just knew for you knew I just knew I was I had to do that as soon as I told my dad I was going to acupuncture school he like threw up his hands and he's like Christ why why (laughs) why are you doing this to me (laughs) did he perceive it as like not real medicine or well I mean I think you know he you know because I was always kind of artistically inclined and so I mean that was kind of my parents dread was that I was going to like just be some hippie somewhere starving artist starving artist and starving healthcare practitioner (laughs) (laughs) like I was like whatever like seeing it in their eyes already but then I think like once my dad started seeing what I was studying you know because I mean I was like studying for a test one day and he kind of like looked at the book that I was studying and he's like wow this is a lot of information and I'm like yeah and he goes <laughs> because oh I see this looks pretty comprehensive and then he started like changing his mindset about it to the point that 
when I was still yet to graduate, he allowed me to work on him um, with acupuncture, which, you know, I was kind of shitting my pants because I was like, oh my God, this is my dad, first of all, which was like a big deal for me. But then to, you know, he's an elder, he's, he's very strict. And, and I was like, I don't know if I can impress him with what I do, but I'll just do it anyway. And then, you know, and I was treating his sciatica at the time. And that's um, pain yeah, it's on the like, lower back. Is that correct? Yeah, it kind of originates in the lower back and then it goes down the leg. And so I treated him. And then afterwards he goes, you know, Marita, if this is the way you're going to be with your patients, you have a good bedside manner. You'll be okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, so I was like, oh, my God, thank you. Eastern medicine or yeah. alternative therapy like what's the right word for it well I mean all of that it's kind of you know it's kind of included under all that like holistic medicine Eastern medicine Chinese medicine you know frankly there's uh, and you know they use the word oriental medicine which I don't dig but like you know people use that too but that all kind of is um, pertinent to that uh, description of acupuncture and all the modalities that it encompasses and then Reiki is also actually a Japanese healing modality so I guess that might be considered an Eastern healing tradition as well. Because I think there's an increased awareness and interest mm-hmm. in Eastern medicine. Totally. Is that true or is it? I think so. Because you know what? Like, I mean, what's been happening now is that, you know, people do the regular route. Like, okay, my, my shoulder hurts. I'm going to go, you know, get a cortisone shot or um, I'll go on pain meds. or Get surgery. Or get surgery. And, you know, so the typical stuff. But usually what often happens is, okay, either the shoulder pain has not resolved or something else is going on or maybe they're still carrying pain from like their childhood and it's kind of continuing the pain in the shoulder you know like I mean we're all starting to kind of understand that there's this energetic component and so that is why you know people are starting to gravitate to the kind of modalities that I do because like Reiki for instance it is an energy healing modality that uses either a hands-on or hands-off kind of channeling of universal light to the person who's receiving so that whatever needs to receive the energy receives it you know in in the body of the person they're the actual healer thing I like to kind of put out there for folks is that people might use the word healer in terms of the work that I do and I might use it just for simplicity but it's really the patient who is the healer because um, um, energy healing modalities like Reiki like acupuncture like body work like other stuff um, it's all activating certain things in that person that's already there what I'm curious about is how other patients of yours might um, find that it helps improve their lives. Yeah. Well, you know, like um, oftentimes folks come in for a physical thing, like, oh, my back hurts, my shoulder hurts, I've got digestive issues, I've got ankle pain, stress, anxiety, you know, so all of that kind of very physical, tangible stuff. And so they'll come in for that. And usually what starts happening is that not only does their main issue get addressed, but then they start to realize what they've either been carrying in that area that has been contributing to their pain, um, or they realize that part of their discontent in life is, um, is due to like unhealed stuff you know, that hasn't been processed yet. So with the acupuncture, 
you know, each acupuncture needle and even the organs involved in acupuncture, they each have a very physical component and a very emotional, spiritual one. And so when you're addressing it with acupuncture, you're really getting both. And so if I'm addressing knee pain, for instance, yes, we're addressing your knee pain on a local level, but maybe we're also balancing your chi and blood because maybe you're a little deficient and that's why you're a little fearful. You know, maybe um, your spleen energy is a little off and that's why you're worrying a little too much or your digestion is not very good. It's kind of this whole body thing where, okay, yeah, we're taking care of the physical aspects, but when I'm feeling your pulses and taking a look at your tongue, which are diagnostic tools, then I get an understanding of what your body is saying, hey, this is what's happening in, in here. And why actually this goes back to what you were saying, people s suppress a lot of mm -hmm. emotions or they think that it is just a physical problem that We've been, I think that we've been taught that if you fix that tangible thing, then it's considered fixed as yeah. opposed to ever addressing the root of the issue. But to add to that, the whole thing of someone will heal me, someone will fix me. And so is that American? It's very American. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so like people will be like, they'll come in and they'll be like, fix me. The reality is that we all need to fix ourselves. You know, actually there's been a rise like in the past couple of weeks, um, of patients coming in with anxiety and stress and like physical manifestations of that like tight shoulders, neck is cricking up um, as a result of the stress around the elections. And just even like I had a 10 year old patient um, and you know, he's uh, um, Colombian. He was technically diagnosed with ADD, but I knew that there was some other stuff. Like he's just very gifted and he just needs to kind of understand the information he's getting. And so I checked in with him and I'm like, feeling nervous about anything or anything like that. And he's like, yeah, I'm afraid that Trump will get elected because then I might need to leave the US. He's 10 years old. So yeah, so it really affects us on like obviously a physical level as well and emotionally. Yourself, yeah. like how do you spread positivity as opposed to demagoguery yes <laughs> yeah yeah you know like to raise your vibration you have to pull towards you the things that that bring you joy and so in order to do that sometimes you need to have like a social media detox like so sometimes there will be like one day usually for me it's like Sunday where I I put my I turn my phone off I don't check social media I don't read my news feed you know I don't watch the news practicing things that are very grounding for you like so for me personally that's meditation I do that every single morning when I get up anything that cultivates mindfulness where you're able to be present with yourself and be like you know what my life may not be perfect right now but I'm safe I've got a roof over my head I've got clothes on my back I've got food to eat I've got clean water to drink and I'm loved just trying to remember yeah that we're doing okay. Um, connection is also very wonderful. So like being around people we love and we know we feel supported by and lifted by, being around those kind of people and anyone who's bringing us down, drawing our energy from ourselves, who do not support our vision and are who we are, drop those people. Like, you know, detoxifying yourself from anything that brings you down, that's like a very important thing. And so I have one last question for you. Do you find that race ever falls into like your profession or advantages, disadvantages? Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, it's it's interesting because um, I do receive all kinds 
from all that spectrum that it might encompass. So, you know, some people um, from Asian or Latina descent or Latino descent may be able to resonate with me really easily, you know, because um, they're like, oh, she's one of us, you know. And uh, but then, of course, I get folks on the opposite end of the spectrum who might perceive me as whatever ethnicity they think I am and react and talk to me as if they're speaking to a stereotype, you know, and so that's happened. The way I deal with that is that, um, you know, my space is sacred, you know, so my treatment room is my treatment room and, and I make a very specific effort that no one is allowed to enter who is not ready to um, treat me with respect. So like I create a healthy boundary with that so that only people who I want to connect with are, you know, are attracted to coming in. And, um, and those who will not be respectful of me um, based on what they think I am, um, you know, we all have work to do and um, people who need to do that kind of work, they can work on it and then they come, can come see me. As long as you have a little sliver part of yourself that's like, I want to understand, I want to know, I want to get better, I want to heal, um, and I want to be who I'm meant to be in this world, then that will take over everything eventually. And once you give that little window, your healing starts. Mm-hmm.